Welcome one and welcome all. We're live this evening on Berry Flow Upstream number 89. Tonight we're here with editor-in-chief of Crackberry. Blaze, how you doing tonight, man? That's bad. Yourself? Uh, we're rocking and rolling, ready to go. We're also here with Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. Uh, I thought you were rocking a Cyberbyte shirt there, Alex, but it's not. No, I gotta so get was... some made. You know, we yeah. gotta use the same people that you use locally because those are nice shirts. I have yeah, to deal with something like that. Local is the way to go, man. Yeah. I was uh, I was out earlier today and I got a uh, a nice compliment on my shirt and the hostess like went on this like five minute tangent about how cool the shirt was and like the different you know like uh, different different shirt like sizes that the company makes and different designs and I was like okay well can can you go so I can eat like, <laughs> <laughs> to enjoy my lunch here and you're just you're the host just sit me down and, and go on right but yeah panda riding a giraffe uh, McBrucey that's that's what it is. <laughs> Um, with the solo cup, they both got shades. Um, basically, this is like my spirit kind of embodied. <laughs> if you if you didn't know, but uh, we have a, a lot of stuff to talk about. Actually, you know, on one of those on weeks for us, we've got a lot. You know, post Mobile World Congress 2016 uh, relative to BlackBerry, some interesting stuff on the Q and X side, the software side. Blaze in our last podcast on the CrackBerry site put out a tweet from Marty Beard, basically saying what they were going to cover, right? IoT, secure messaging, and the enterprise stuff. And that is exactly what we got, right? So uh, no hardware announcements, no even OS announcements in terms of like a priv update or even like a BlackBerry 10 update. So I'm expecting some things to kind of come on their own. Uh, you know, we see Apple kind of setting their own uh, calendar for their own events and things like that. You think it's just better for BlackBerry to kind of have their own forum to, to discuss and talk about those things, be it a press release or a blog post or whatever it might be? Or do you think it's beneficial for them to kind of you know, pull out all the stops for at an event like Mobile World Congress. I don't know. I'd actually like to see them start pulling out all the stops and announcing stuff at big events once again. But I don't know. I just don't think that we're we're at that point right now. So, you know, we're going to continue to basically see them announce whatever it is that they have to announce, essentially on their own blogs and to their own people through their own social channels. But like I said, I would totally love to see them blow the doors off of some other event, but it's just not going to happen for a while. It's really at a point where right now is you know is the cost benefit there for them? You know, like what do they actually get out of it in terms of what they're spending to make those kinds of events happen? I'm sure booking you know stage time and all that you know costs money, costs more scheduling and planning and all that and. You know, for what they're doing, they kind of are behind the scenes now, right? With their whole software yeah. focus. Uh, Alex, what are some of your thoughts? I mean, you know, I'm with Blaze. I'd love them to pull out all the stops, but do you think it's kind of smarter to do this right now until they have, you know, more to kind of talk about? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. I mean, they could go out and they could just talk some more about IoT, but we've had the discussion before that IoT isn't even like at a place yet for it to really be discussed in where they fit in. Um, like what Marty Beard was talking about, once there's the tens and hundreds of millions of different, or tens of billions of endpoints, that's when BlackBerry can start talking about IoT and like how um, what they're doing is useful. So I feel like right now it's just they don't have that much to talk about that really needs the stage. They don't have they they don't have anything. So I don't really see why they should necessarily be uh, doing going to some big event and trying to make a big deal over it or I don't know. I think it's fine, but I would like to see it, obviously. 
they're there, they're showing off Priv, you know, it's not like it was a, a silent event totally, but it was definitely a focused kind of effort from them, keeping things kind of low profile and getting out there, getting the word to the people who are worth hearing it, you know, as opposed to just letting everybody know, where it, it seems like a lot of times when we get these types of news in big events, a lot of it gets misconstrued and the media just kind of spins this, this yarn that is a little bit nonsensical, to, in my opinion. You know, we had Leap, and everyone hated the Leap, right? As soon as it came out, but then you know the the people who it was geared for actually really appreciated the leap. You know, after it was announced, and I think there's a, a lot of media spin right now. So for them to kind of control that and, and kind of have their own message and control that a lot better, they have to you know start managing the reactions of, of people at these events, right? So if you can focus on you know, and really drive the perception that, okay, this is a software, this is an enterprise-based company, you know, that's where our value is. When an, a device announcement or an OS announcement comes, it kind of backs up what the primary focus is instead of kind of misconstruing things, right? If I come to the Mobile World Congress and I put out a bunch of device stuff, you know, it, it doesn't tell, tell my customers, my, my real core customers, what I'm actually doing, right? So maybe this is just more more focused for them at this point. Yeah, and see, part of the problem with that is that, you know, the majority of people out there still see BlackBerry as a smartphone manufacturer, yes. and they don't look at anything else. Like, that's it. That's where it ends for a lot of people, right? But there's so much more going on behind the scenes, and basically, as we've seen with with the announcements coming out of Mobile World Congress, they have a lot of their Q&X stuff. They have the, the cross-platform software strategy that they're essentially working on. They, they're getting closer with all of their IoT stuff. Like, Marty Beer basically, you know, summed it up in, in that uh, interview that they did with Mobile World Congress uh, daily. Um, you know, there was literally only one mention of devices, essentially, in that whole interview, and the rest of it was all software, IoT, you know, cross-platform software strategy, and everything else that was going along with it. And, you know, BlackBerry's not ready to announce any devices, and, you know... The people who who concentrate on hardware, are, they're basically going to have to get over that and realize that BlackBerry is not the same as what it was once before. So, yeah, and, and really that goes to like everybody as well because there was, you know, if you look at the forums and you look on Twitter and everywhere else, there were still people that were expecting, you know, the the hardware to still be a, a big key factor during Mobile World Congress when that just simply wasn't the case at all. You, yeah, go ahead, Alex. Do you think that they're, they're like, not going to go forward with that device that was kind of, like, shown off so long ago? Because there's, like, one picture that was leaked of it, and then it's just been gone for months, and we haven't heard anything. So do you think they just kind of decided, you know, let's just back out hardware and really not... I don't know. It seems like they're no. definitely focusing on software, but... I don't think that they decided you know, one particular, like, okay, we're we're essentially done with hardware. We're not going to tell anyone at this point, but we're done with it. Like, I don't think that that's what they decided. You know, that may, that device may essentially appear later down the road. It may, you know, come in in different, slightly different form as well. Um, personally, I believe BlackBerry, you know, as terrible as it sounds, I don't mean it to sound terrible, um, but I, I really genuinely don't think that BlackBerry knows as of yet what their next move is in the hardware space simply yeah. because they're, they're sitting back and they're looking at the numbers, they're looking at Priv, they're looking at everything else that is happening and you know from 
from a, a, a rollout perspective, I don't think that they genuinely have any hardcore set plans as of yet to be able to say, yes, this is what we're doing next. Like, they don't have a hardware roadmap that is truly defined as of yet. I, I'm sure I've said it, you know, probably two or three times now. But, yeah, they're just sitting back and they're seeing how things essentially play out. Um, you know, it, does that mean that the Vienna is going to be released at some point? I don't know. Maybe they may go ahead and change their minds. Um, BlackBerry, when it comes to their hardware, there is essentially a lot of devices that have always been in play within their hardware infrastructure, like, you know, basically like demo devices, test devices, all of that stuff has, has always been in play. Like, it's, it's not exactly the first time that we've seen BlackBerry pull back on hardware and essentially go ahead and cancel a device either. Um, what was it that... I can't even remember the name of it now, but it was it was kind of like... Uh, what the hell was the name of that device? It escapes my mind. But anyways, they, they canceled off a bunch of devices previously, um, when Black, shortly after BlackBerry 10 was released, so it's not the first time that they've gone ahead and changed their, you know, hardware plans. So I think, basically, at this point, they're just sitting down, they're looking at the numbers, they're seeing how things roll out, and they're looking at the software side, and, you know, what people's perceptions are, and where they should go to next. But, again, I don't think that they have any hardcore plans laid out for, for that actual hardware division, which is, you know, why we're seeing this sort of lull in, in basically, hardware devices. There's another point to be made that comes right off of that understanding, and it's that they built up an entire carrier distribution network and partnership and alliance to really push BlackBerry 10, right, and get it out there. And as BlackBerry 10 kind of faltered in the market, some of those channels and distribution channel, you know, they fell short and they, you know, eroded. So that connection between them and their partners has to be now rebuilt. The distribution channels have to now be reset with a new OS, with a new hardware focus, and all that's going to take time, right? We're still waiting on Verizon. We're still waiting on Sprint, if that you know is ever to come to pass. Uh, so you know, we're definitely in a period where they're they're building to get those distribution channels in place. So again, Priv is kind of that that spearhead here, but as that device comes through and the channels are recreated, the, the partnerships are reformed, then they can go and potentially bring another device, right? But it's going to take time to do all of that, especially on a global scale and at the you know the size and focus that BlackBerry is right now. So I totally agree. At this point, we are, we are definitely in a waiting game. If I were to launch a Vienna-type device, right, a, a mid-range QWERTY, right, I would assume after summer, pre-holiday, at a good price makes more sense because the hardware sales would fold into your end of fiscal quarter by the, you know, your next year. So if you do it too early, right, the, the momentum might die off, and then it's like, what's the point, right? And that's something they probably learned from launching the Leap when they did, you know, at Mobile World Congress and having its availability a little bit too early into the season. Uh, but again, a lot to be said about whether it's even a viable opportunity for them to do something like that. You know, we talked, Blaze was mentioning a little bit earlier that there's a lot going on in the background, and really that's where BlackBerry is playing right now. The QNX system unveiling a new Bluetooth solution for embedded system developers is really big in terms of QNX leveraging itself into a broader scope of support 
for connected devices, right? But it, again, that market is so nascent at this point. QNX is literally right there in lockstep with a lot of these these OEMs building out different kinds of solutions and helping them along the way. So you can kind of see the platforms coming together, right? We saw the wireless framework come from QNX a couple months ago. We're seeing a Bluetooth framework. So it's kind of this prepackaged platform for IoT, but again, the market's not even there for it. So really, it's a slow build as they build up some of those things. But you know they're still gaining new partners. We saw a new traffic system chose QNX for traffic and light controllers, right? Something real time, mission critical. Uh, you don't want car crashes, things like that. So it definitely seems that that software focus is kind of expanding, and they're still you know working to establish new partnerships there. What do you guys think about specifically you know uh, QNX being used in in that, like a traffic system based thing for for lights and, and different things like that in you know city infrastructure does that does that kind of lay precedence for more opportunities like that to happen uh, as they you know bring on new partners because this isn't something new to blackberry right or qnx it's something they've done before but continuing to do it can potentially be good to bring on even more customers yeah i think anytime that they have you know uh, accredited companies basically signed on to their solution that they can go ahead and offer to others who, you know, may essentially be in the exact same category or similar categories, then, you know, it's totally beneficial because, you know, they become, they sort of become the experts at those situations at that point in time. Like, who's to say that, uh, you know, another traffic system company isn't going to come and be like, oh, well, Swarco signed up with them, so, you know, their solution seems to be working perfectly fine for them so we might as well go ahead and adopt it for our solution you look you know anytime any business is looking for you know collaboration or anything like that they always start off with looking to go ahead and find the best individuals that can you know bring out the best situations and systems within themselves so you know it, it becomes well they're covering this solution we can bring them into the fold because it's already a proven solution right absolutely you know and it's one of those things that it, it really can show kind of the scope of what BlackBerry and QNX are capable of doing. You know, as that a whole market kind of evolves and grows, where the interconnectedness of these devices and these pieces of infrastructure are automobiles and things like that, it really shows that you know QNX is not only in the car, right, but it's also around the car, right? It's it's talking to the device and all these other aspects too. So it really kind of paints a picture, but. The canvas is so wide right now that it's really hard to see that big picture. So something they definitely got to work on. And you know, as we talked about, BlackBerry COO Marty Beer did talk about that cross-platform strategy. They talked about IoT, uh, and BlackBerry and ShareCare even launched a BBM channel. Alex, oh boy, <laughs> what do you feel about launching a BBM channel? Uh, like today, you know, like it just seems like a weird time to be going for yeah. a BBM channel, right? So, so what are some of your thoughts there? Well, I mean, I think in I was kind of looking into it, and I guess ShareCare um, is actually Dr. Oz is is a big stakeholder or partner of the company, and I think this was just simply a publicity thing. Um, they'd mentioned that they just incorporated some of BBM tech or BlackBerry technology into the official ShareCare experience app that they have. Um, so I think this is just kind of a natural progression of this, where it's like, hey, you know. We'll feature you on BBM channels for the high evidence. Like maybe it's just like to reciprocate the thanks, or maybe there was money exchanged to get to however it is. Um, I think BlackBerry they just see this is this platform that at least they have some control over and they can do something with. I don't think it's going to really make a big 
difference. They have maybe 9,000 people following the channel now when I just checked a little bit earlier. And I, I read some of the posts in the channel and it was just, you know, talking about uh, health and kind of technology and things and um, using share care apps and things to like no, be able just... to reduce stress and various things. It, it doesn't seem like it's something that's a big deal. It's just like I feel like this is what Blackbridge felt like they can do to try and help the cause yeah. or like to reciprocate, you know, thank you for supporting us. Here's our support to you. And it's kind of going to drive downloads of the ShareCare yeah, apps. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Because I know I downloaded that voice analyzer app. Yep. <laughs> How'd it work? I was thinking about it. I finally decided no. I watched a few videos on it. It was but... all right. It actually, <laughs> like, you know, it, it sort of like it analyzes your voice and it pegs it down, like, to like whether or not you're frustrated or you're. Angry oh, I should use it right now. It's like, yeah. it really is kind of cool that I could actually just go through and like try and determine oh, exactly how you're how you're emotionally feeling right now. I'll get it. So I'll yeah, that, if that was all they wanted to accomplish, they definitely get that out of me. <laughs> yeah. They definitely are working to kind of expand on those partnerships. It's something they gotta do, and I think on the enterprise side of things, they're doing a really smart job of bolstering the solution but also trying to integrate and connect it right so we saw Centrify partnering with Blackberry to pr provide that secure access on the good dynamics secure platform again leveraging their new acquisition with new partners again building 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 on what their kind of core foundation is so stuff like that is so beneficial for them because it puts their product in front of others right and it just widens the net of exposure for them while also you know, bringing in more integrations and, and more possibilities for collaboration. So again, really cool to see ShareCare, BBM, BlackBerry, as well as Centrify partnering on the good side of that equation. And you know, literally, literally to back that up even further, we're seeing BlackBerry using Microsoft's Azure to offer secure enterprise solutions and services as well. So really cool, again, that they're leveraging, putting their BEZ and putting their software solutions out in front of others and kind of branching out. And that's something that is literally totally converse from what, how BlackBerry was in the past, right? They were kind of a siloed, walled garden, kind of like Apple, and now they've literally just torn it apart and done the exact opposite, and now we're yeah. headed everywhere. They're everywhere now. And like I said, it, it, it is totally something different from what BlackBerry used to do. Like if you wanted their, wanted their services, you of course had to go directly to them. Whereas opposed to now, I can basically set up like a, a demo bez on the Azure servers and I don't even have to like totally involve BlackBerry or anything like that. I can just go set up a demo just on the Azure website. So mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, just in, in regards to those devices that were previously canceled, I managed to actually remember them. They were like um, the Cappuccino and... Oh, the Kopi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cafe so, series. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, there there is a precedent there for, for devices to actually reach the manufacturing stage and, you know, eventually be dropped, so... Definitely. I mean, we saw Z30s that were branded for AT&T, but did they yeah. ever launch it? No. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you, you test, you test, you test, you see the channels. Is it going to go? Is it going to go? And then you make a decision. I think it's just too early for a device like that. Probe hasn't even kind of like come to terms with itself yet, right? So BlackBerry doesn't know. Like, is Probe successful? We don't know. We don't have it out with all of our customers yet. You no. know? There's it's still just... lots of hype to be made with Probe, too. Absolutely. And upgrade and everything so and that's the time to do it right if they're going to do any kind of marketing to push priv it's 
when it has marshmallow, when it's at all the carriers, when the price is kind of like settled to where it's going to be, that's when you go ham. You, you've, you've ironed out all the supply chain manufacturing issues that, that may or may not have been there. You really get everything streamlined and you start going. And there, I think there's a business for them. You know, John Chen mentioned it's an underserved side of the market, and, and I, I'd agree. I think a lot of people agree that the QWERTY side of that whole enterprise space is really underserved and especially when you're trying to upsell to some of your existing customers right having priv just saves you from having to sell your competitors devices right yeah. i think i think long term there's a real benefit for them to kind of i don't want to say get out of the hardware game but license their ip to others so that they can make that revenue but the, a lot of the risk and the cost is now offset to others because if you look at a, a samsung s7 right and you look at a priv, you know, what is the difference? It's the slider mechanism and it's the keyboard, right? And obviously some of the OS refinements, you know, of course with the security of their version of Android, but a lot of that potentially could be replicated with the Samsung and the Knox and all that other good stuff, right? Adding on the solution they've already created it may not be so big a deal, but there's the potential to license three or four facets of what BlackBerry has kind of spearheaded here with Priv to others in the OEM space. You know, you talk about how do you grow BBM? They licensed it and put it on other devices preloaded, like some of those LGs back back when BBM was first rolling out. So I, I think they, again, need to work with partners and get the distribution up to really start driving some of these services. And we were talking a little bit earlier about kind of the media spin, right, and how you know the media will take a bit of news that's positive and just somehow cast that negative light on it. So when we had that news of BlackBerry doing some layoffs, right, it was 2,000, then it was actually like, you know, 200, you know, or 150 or whatever the case may be. BlackBerry at least is playing smart in putting news out there to kind of counteract the reactions that are going to be created, right? So we had some news of BlackBerry hosting a networking event, seeking new employees at all levels over in the San Francisco area. So again, Creating that kind of news is positive to kind of counterbalance the negatives, right? And I think they've got a much better control over that perception now than they did. Um, you know, we talked about BB fact checks and things like that. Uh, sometimes coming off a little bit too defensive, right? And, and this is a, a better way to do that, right? Just create positive press to kind of counterbalance and let, let people make their own assumptions and opinions from there. Specifically on this hosting and networking event, uh, did you guys happen to look at any of the job listings or find any interest there uh, for what BlackBerry was kind of looking for? Yeah, I mean, um, when I went through it all, it was rather interesting to go ahead and see that they were actually like looking for all points of of um, hirees. It was, um, I think, the majority of the stuff was, you know, not exactly senior level, but going through it. There was a lot of stuff that was, you know, high-end, basically executive managers and stuff like that. And as we know, BlackBerry has laid off a lot of those higher-level executives in the past. So it was interesting for me to go ahead and see that they were basically going ahead and pushing forward with, um, you know, the majority of the enterprise products. Um, but the global sales and marketing team, that was interesting as well because obviously if you want to go ahead and get people onto your services, you need to have global sales and you need to have marketing. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where I can look at it. They're like looking for senior enterprise account managers and channel account managers and territory account managers. And, you know, those are all things that we, we basically have blasted BlackBerry in the past for, you know, not – having in place or, you know, not having the right people in place because, you know, we've, we've all seen 
some comments come from some of the territory managers that was, you know, totally opposite of what the home team was actually <laughs> trying to mm -hmm. convey. So, yep. you know, it was, it, it's interesting to see them go ahead and have those positions available. Um, I guess the key thing for me that I got out of it um, would be, like, on the enterprise product side. Um, they're looking for, like, system software engineers, senior software test engineers, user experience designers, um, senior SQL server engineers, all the, basically and everything that they need to go ahead and put, you know, some serious software products together. And that, that to me, signifies that, you know, that there's more coming, you know. They're not just going to go ahead and, um, you know, deal with, like, Bez as it is today. They're not just going to, like, fold good technologies into all of the best stuff. They're, they're looking to go ahead and expand upon those things. Like, you don't hire software engineers to basically sit around and do nothing. You hire them to go ahead and create software. Um, so, you know... We're not, we're, we're not seeing any hardware designers or, you know, senior... Um, yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's all software, server engineers, security analysts. Like, it, you, you kind of get a sense of what BlackBerry is focusing on right yeah, now. Totally. As yeah. well, you got to think about, you know, the cost of some of those tenured managers and just needing new blood, right? If you really want to change the company culture, you got to, you know, get rid of some of the company, right? So... You know, it's kind of like a blood transfusion, right? You got to take the old blood out, put the new blood in, and in doing so, they really are redefining BlackBerry for a new new age of the company, right? It's almost like the company isn't BlackBerry anymore; it's something else. You, you know, it's like yeah. we had this tr transition of RIM to BlackBerry, where there was still, you know, a, a very you know concited hardware focus, and it's almost like the company is a little bit different now. And I, you know, they're obviously using the BlackBerry name and milking it for all it's worth on the security side of the perception. But it just feels like a different company today. You know, with John Chen and the software focus, it really just feels like just a different player in a totally different game. And I honestly think it's going to be more lasting for them because now they have a much kind of farther um, runway, so to speak, that they can kind of coast through as they head to some more of their solutions. Um, and they're still working that M&A strategy as well with the mergers acquisitions. You know, we look here; they recently acquired UK-based Encryption Limited, uh, basically doing security uh, consultancy. Uh, you know, doing forensics on the security side, looking at security systems and seeing where are the vulnerabilities and things like that, and consulting larger, you know, SMBs and things like that um, to actually, you know get their security standards up so they can defend against costly kind of, you know, hacks and things of that nature. Did you guys dig in on that acquisition? Because they actually launched a new kind of service, if, if any of you guys want to talk about that a little bit, because I, I kind of glossed over some of that. Yeah, they launched the basically the um, cybersecurity service, which creates an opportunity for them to go ahead and offer essentially their expertise to everybody else who, who you know, is looking to be able to go ahead and add some security layers directly to their servers or to their uh, employee levels, whatever um, the case may be in that scenario. Um, I didn't I didn't dig too deep into it, but I may be wrong, but I always I always saw BlackBerry offered this service to other people already. I, mean, I I totally agree. I thought they did this to kind of upsell on Bez, right? Yeah. It's like, we'll go in, we'll look at your system and see like what kind of Bez solution will work best for you. 
Like, so, I, I was totally under the impression that they had launched something like this a few years back that was not identical. Like, you know, it wasn't called, like, professional cybersecurity services or anything like that, but it was something that they were basically offering to any organizations who wanted to go ahead and take advantage of it. So maybe, maybe it's an offshoot or, you know, a hardening of that offering itself. I couldn't find any actual, like, information yeah. about it being referred to something else at an earlier point in time. But I was always under the impression that they offered these services directly to people. But maybe it is, like you said, maybe it was only directly to, you know, Bez customers or upselling uh, right. those Potential Bez customers, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and again, it just speaks to the change in focus of the company, right? It's BlackBerry devices, Bez. Now it's iPhone, Android, and even just, you know, other connected devices, your laptops, your computers, your, your entire, you know, data infrastructure. So really... It bolsters kind of BlackBerry walking the walk in terms of their security prowess, right? It's like now we, we sell that to you. If that's all you want from us, if you don't want our software, if you don't want our hardware, you can still get our security knowledge, you know? They are really kind of stretching themselves here and, and offering something to everybody at kind of every level. So really interesting that they'd make a small acquisition like that, a very targeted one to kind of bolster their overall secure communications platform. Alex, relative to this encryption limited acquisition, do you think that this has like is it a big enough kind of market for them to kind of go after, or is it a, is it you know you know as Blaze said, kind of part of what they already did, kind of serving the people they're already serving in a different way, or do you think there's a, a kind of a broader uh, potential for them to hit more customers? You know, I I think you know what you guys are talking about that it is similar to what they already had and obviously there there might be a very specific reason why they made the acquisition and maybe just a you know very specific um, part where maybe their current services didn't um, offer solutions that well for it like I don't really know enough about all that I think they're gonna just continue making various acquisitions just small ones here and there for anything that will push forward their vision at the moment, which is definitely security, encryption, and just trying, they want to stand out as that company that is focusing on it. So even just the fact that they make an acquisition and someone talks about it, it's like, well, hey, they're still acquiring people and they're still focusing on security. It's almost just like another talking point, like what we talked about, rather than you know going to Mobile World Congress or whatever and talking about stuff. It's You get this little thing going on and people discuss it, and it just shows BlackBerry is still relevant. They're not just there dying. It's When a company makes acquisitions, that's normally like a health sign, like you guys are still making acquisitions, you guys still have money. So, yeah, but because it's BlackBerry, everybody's like, eh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like I thought BlackBerry already had encryption. Wait a minute, <laughs> you know, it, it's a it, it's a funny kind of place for BlackBerry because if we look at the acquisitions, they've all been vertical ones, right? That integrated into kind of the horizontal secure platform that they wanted, but each of them builds on a new vertical for them, right? Like virtual sims, SecuSmart, you know, it, all of it has its own kind of market focus but it all kind of falls under one fold as well. So it is interesting to see them kind of heading this route with their services, right? It's not just software anymore for them either, right? It's literally consultancy. It's their expertise and their knowledge that they're selling, not just the knowledge and expertise behind a software solution, right? They're really kind of expanding themselves in, in a really interesting way. And I want to see kind of what other acquisitions come from them because if they continue this kind of trajectory, they're really going to be branching out into these verticals that potentially have a lot of business potential for them in years to come, right? Cybersecurity consultancy is only going to become more relevant as yeah. we head into 
to this mobile connected world, you know? That's basically what I was going to say next is that it, it's kind of like it's kind of like EMM and MDM when it was sort of taking off and exploding and there was like 10,000 companies that BlackBerry had to go ahead and compete against. You know, they're, right now the cybersecurity consultancy business is, is huge because of all of the recent hackings and essentially that was part of the actual announcement itself. Like, you know, the, the too long didn't read it of it all is that these things are going to continue to get worse. You need to come to the people who understand these problems to be able to go ahead and sort them out for you. So, you know, BlackBerry is putting themselves in a unique position to be able to go ahead and be a leader in that category as well. Um, much like they did with MDM and EMM at that point. Like, you know, they basically bought out one of their largest competitors, um, even though, you know, there was a ton of ton of competition in the actual market. They bought out one of their biggest competitors. So, you know, it, it, it seems as though that the cybersecurity consultancy business is essentially one of those things that's just going to get um, more fierce as it goes on because of the, the situation in the world that we live in. So... I think in this particular respect, BlackBerry set themselves up pretty good to not, I don't want to say get in there early because cybersecurity consultancy isn't exactly something new, but they are on the ground level and they have that, that history that sort of resonates with the people in that market. So, you know, it, it seems to me as though it was a great acquisition to be able to go ahead and expand on that. Like, again, I don't necessarily know too much about encryption um, the company itself, based on the fact that they they were a smaller organization, but the fact that BlackBerry acquired them and is moving into this, it seems like you know they're getting in at the right time to be able to go ahead and offer these sort of solutions. And again, you know they're they're relying on some of the the, the known history of BlackBerry security to be able to go ahead and offer these solutions the way that they are. It's definitely kind of interesting when we think about the geography of everything. We heard about a secure data center in Canada, right, that was going to service the UK, and now we see the Macon acquisition in the UK as if they're, again, kind of bolstering a bigger kind of focus that I don't think a lot of us or even you know the market and shareholders are really yeah. looking at because yeah. I do think they have a strategy here. I don't... I don't see all the pieces personally. What but does BlackBerry I do know that we don't know? <laughs> right, right. It's like I feel like they're either going to get closer with the governments in that region and are really looking to kind of expand the footprint, and then maybe hopefully that cascades into other areas. But specific to Encryption Limited, they were focused on IT security and forensic services, which, again, IT security, something BlackBerry definitely did. The forensic services side of things is pretty interesting because it, again, expands the focus of what they're able to do. They offer training. They offer different services about understanding, penetration testing, uh, the essentials for different certifications and things like that. And those forensic services that you can do so if you have a suspect incident, like, okay, we might have had a security breach. Let's go to BlackBerry. Maybe they can help us you know, narrow it down as to did we have a breach, how big was it, how much did it affect us. So it's kind of like before, during, and after support for that type of thing, whereas some of the consultancy they might have been doing earlier was kind of like all before, right? We're just trying to get ahead of the call, the brawl and, and you know get you a service that will protect you. So again, really interesting that they're expanding on these different uh, areas and a, a very small acquisition from them, but I think it will have a pretty big impact on some of their you know their revenue streams here to come in the future. Uh, I definitely think this kind of acquisition is one you don't want to just kind of like just write off, right? I really think it has a lot of value for BlackBerry in these years to come. 
because you know this type of stuff is only going to become more prevalent. I mean, the FBI case. I mean, all that stuff just kind of escalates the entire conversation. Um, I wanted to transition here as we close out, you know, our latter half of this podcast to some of our Patreon questions. You know, our patron supporters are awesome. They help support the continued run of this podcast. Uh, so kudos to them for continuing their support. We've got two different questions, and Blaze would probably be best to speak on one, and maybe Alex and I can take up on the other. This one is from Jeremy. He asks, in the Verizon Priv waiting room forum, a user purchased a Priv from BlackBerry and has it working. Can you explain how this is possible to those who aren't as tech-savvy in regards to the spectrum and wireless bands? And Alex, this, this conversation almost plays into you trying to get your passport on Verizon too, so... Yeah. Uh, is it a fluke? Did someone mess up? Is the guy lying? I mean, Priv from Shop Blackberry working on Verizon. How does that happen? Yeah, I mean, it. it go does. ahead, Alex. <laughs> did no? Did did it did it have the right bands? I thought it didn't. I know it doesn't have the CDMA band, obviously, but did it even have the Verizon network bands? I can't recall if it had the actual Verizon bands, but I do know that, like, you know, this individual in the forums isn't exactly the only one. Russell on Android Central has his his priv working um, essentially on Verizon as well. I mean, the only thing that that becomes problem, yeah, it becomes problematic at that point in time is when you actually step outside of Verizon coverage. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know what happens at that point in time because I don't have a Verizon device to test it, and I'm assuming, you know, that the majority of the people that are loading up a priv on Verizon are well within Verizon coverage, obviously. Like, yeah. they're not going to you know, buy it. And it, remains, it remains the same. Like, if you buy this device and it works on Verizon and it works within your area and essentially you don't go outside of that area, man, you know, go for but, it. But, but I can't, why? I can't why? suggest like, people to go out and buy a, yeah. a BlackBerry device knowing that it may possibly not work when you get outside of Verizon coverage, right? Hold on, like, okay, why even think about that? If you really want a phone that bad... Okay, you're probably on Verizon because you want the coverage, and Verizon is great with coverage. AT&T is fine as well. So the thing is, if you're like, well, I want a Priv so bad, but I want to stay on Verizon for the coverage, well, getting a non-Verizon Priv and using it on Verizon, you're not going to have good coverage. You're literally giving up the one thing that you're paying more money for. So just go over to AT&T. Like, it, it doesn't even make sense at that point. Hell, you know, T-Mobile will probably be better than you, or better for you than Verizon would be if you're trying to do that whole thing with the PRIP. Like, it, it, I don't understand. I guess maybe if you're stuck on a contract or something ridiculous, but it just, just wait another few weeks or whatever is going on if it's really that big of a deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I haven't exactly gone ahead and, you know, fully endorsed Russell's um, posts about using devices that aren't really meant for Verizon on Verizon, especially when it comes to the priv, because I don't know how it handles these things outside of Verizon coverage. Like, I don't want anybody to be stranded out there without the capability to use their phone. So, yeah. you know, it, Russell uh, on Android Central, he's absolutely right. It does work when it's within a Verizon coverage, and the, the individual in the forums, he's right too. You know, he's not. He's not BSing anybody. It does work. As we all know, it, when you put another SIM card in, it will boot up with the Verizon screen. It will come on, and it will tell you that it's connected and everything. However, I'm just not comfortable with, with you know giving that recommendation because I don't want to. I don't want to be the the one who who you know 
is responsible for somebody not being able to call 911 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Curse you, Blaze! <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm suing yeah, you. Angry you told emails. Me I use my phone. That is not a post on Crackberry or Berry Flow, so uh, leave it at that. Jeremy, I hope that answers your question. You know, buyer beware, uh, you know, to that degree. We definitely want to make sure you're getting a device that fully is supported by your carrier and, you know, of course, the OEM. So I would wait it out. I think the wait will be worth it. I really do. If if they are coming together to bring Verizon on board as a partner, I think it will be worth the wait to, to go ahead and kind of wait it out save your money, save your pennies, and make that purchase when, when it's right to make that. Our second question here, uh, and I'll kind of toss this one toward Alex's direction, is so WhatsApp support, this one is from Mike, one of our patrons, oh, so WhatsApp support will be ending at the end of 2016. Given that BlackBerry's stated commitment to BlackBerry 10 effectively ends at the same time, I'm wondering if BlackBerry's lack of solid plan is forcing developers to look elsewhere. Does this apply to their hardware division as a whole, with Chen giving it depends as an outlook. Will developers hold off integrating products into the hub, uh, you know, in lieu of Android? Oh, I it's feel al like it's almost like you know, BlackBerry's kind of turn them away, like kind of okay, yeah. well, look this way now, you know. No, I I feel like that's this has been something that's been going on for so long now, and when you see a platform like WhatsApp make the decision, you know, we're ending support. I think that's kind of a big deal in the sense of. You know how much how much time really went into maintaining the WhatsApp app for BlackBerry 10, and I, I really can't imagine it would be like that much consistent work going on, or even if it was one developer or whatever. Um, so the fact that they made that decision, it's definitely not a good sign for BlackBerry 10. And then looking at other developers, how they would look at it, you know it's also not a good sign for that. But it's also something like the writing has been on the wall for like a while, so I don't really feel like this is new information or a shock. I think it's just kind of like, yeah, well, I guess we were expecting something like this to happen. Um, and as BlackBerry 10, the market share of that just goes lower and lower, it, it just... We know what why WhatsApp is WhatsApp is focusing on sheer numbers. Like WhatsApp is literally that one app specifically that will not care about a platform that has no numbers. So it just makes sense why they're doing it. Um, I'm sure some people can still make some all right money on BlackBerry 10, but you have to have a very good idea. And I don't know. It's I don't really know. There's not too much to say about it. BlackBerry has to figure out how to pay the developers first. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. The situation, I mean, as soon as BlackBerry started telling people to put their apps into Android or on Google Play or into Amazon, the Amazon App Store, I mean, that had to go ahead and at least turn some developers' yeah, stomach absolutely. from the platform. Like, some people are going to look at it like, okay, BlackBerry's expanding their horizons and you know, BlackBerry 10 runs Android apps to a certain extent, and, you know, that's fine if you look at it that way, but at the same time, you have to look at the other side of the equation and realize that there's people out there that are going to look at that situation and be like, oh, BlackBerry 10 is pretty much done. Like, that's how they're going to go ahead and look at it, and from that point on, they just they gave up on BlackBerry 10, like, in terms of development and stuff like that. They just moved on from it which is unfortunate because, you know, the platform is awesome to build on when you actually have something cool that you can implement and make use of. But, 
at the same time, WhatsApp, I mean, realistically, WhatsApp gave up support on BlackBerry 10 a long time ago when you really think about it because even when you email WhatsApp customer care right now, they basically tell you that WhatsApp isn't supported on BlackBerry 10. Like, WhatsApp customer care will not help you with the WhatsApp BlackBerry 10 app right now, like even before this announcement. They basically just ignored it and said that they don't support it. So, yes... The app existed, but WhatsApp itself would not provide any actual help for the application if you ran into any issues or anything like that. So this basically means that they're going all in with the discontinuation of the support. The app is no longer going to be updated, um, you know, in addition to the customer service aspect of it where they would already no longer help you with the app anyways. Like there's countless numbers of... of uh, form threads on Crackberry where people have emailed WhatsApp customer care and customer care basically said we don't support that app and people are like well why do you have the app like is WhatsApp canceling support well technically they kind of already canceled support because they won't help you with it so you know continue on using the app while it exists and I don't know what you're going to do after that I mean you could you might be able to use the Android application but at the same time you know, notifications aren't going to work properly, and yeah. uh, you know the Android runtime is getting a little, a uh, little uh, close to death, anyways. Considering the amount of API levels it's out of, um, even you know, though it just recently got updated. Yeah, I mean, it's still, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I said it months ago. Like, there's more and more apps that are essentially just going to stop working on the Android runtime mm -hmm. because of the sheer fact that it's based on Jelly Bean. And yep. you know, the app, the apps will continue to grow, but the runtime will stay where it's at. You know, yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't foresee BlackBerry updating that Android runtime to, you know, the next level of APIs that are available on Android. It's just not going to happen. Right. They just launched an Android device, so, you know. <laughs> That's yeah. that's that's the easier thing to do at this point, right? And it's honestly probably the smarter thing to do. As good as BlackBerry 10 is, and we all love BlackBerry 10, you know, I it, it bothers me to a degree that you know there is a lack of support, but we still have two more updates coming, right? So it's not like it's totally going to be dead. The, the the devices will continue to get more security clearance, and they will serve that niche that they are you know tailored for. It's now about again the the sustaining of that hardware business, and the move to Android at this point is probably the very best move they could have done to try to save and, and reclaim that little bit of that hardware prowess they had because they still make damn good phones. I mean, all of us using Priv love it, you know? It's a solid, solid device, and it gets a lot done. I know Alex is using that keyboard more and more and more because it's easy, and it keeps him from, you know, silly typos that he doesn't want with his, his clientele. <laughs> and he likes being able to flick up ha-ha into a, an emoji, right? That's always fun. Yeah, it is. It's useful. <laughs> Very fire, and then just there it goes, right? So Alex, Alex doesn't type anymore. He just flicks up emojis at everyone. I do use a lot of make, emojis. I'm not gonna he makes lie. A, he makes us translate. Like, what is Alex saying right now? <laughs> He's an emoji translator. Boy. So to our patrons who submitted those questions, we really do appreciate Mike and Jeremy. Those little bits of uh, you know. Uh, discussion from you guys because it does help us focus the conversation you know Verizon Priv we are still kind of waiting on that what does WhatsApp support effectively is that them responding to BlackBerry no I think they're responding to their own market needs I think lumping BlackBerry 10 and Symbian in the same boat is kind yeah, of offensive <laughs> but but at the same point 
that just proves that there's still people using Symbian. There's still people <laughs> using using you know whatever Badaw or whatever the heck you know. And I think the market is small, but those loyal users are are still about those apps, right? They're still about those platforms, and those users are still going to be there. Support in the future may end, but the app will probably stay working for you know quite some time. Maybe not in a full form, right? So we're still going to have you know we have months and months and months of more support of the application and infrastructure still being there. But for WhatsApp, as they transition forward, they're looking at BlackBerry and they're like, okay, well, BlackBerry's launching Android devices. So, you know, what, what's really the purpose of us staying on BlackBerry 10 to serve a market that is potentially shrinking, right? It does create an opportunity, though, if any developers are willing to go ahead and create a BlackBerry 10 app, start pulling apart WhatsApp and see how it works. Because once that WhatsApp disappears, you know, there's going to be BlackBerry 10 users who want to get WhatsApp back. So yeah, everybody's out there right now, like, scouring through some code on WhatsApp. We're looking to build the next WhatsApp app. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's 10? What's 10? Oh, my God. <laughs> there's going to be some lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> so that's all we have for our discussion today. I really appreciate the time with you gentlemen. Always good to kind of uh, digest the week's worth of news. Mobile World Congress was exciting. I mean, BlackBerry is continuing to show that they're advancing. Not in areas of the business that are necessarily ooh-ah, real sexy, right? But they are still advancing on making the business stronger, bringing in new revenue streams, and continuing to innovate on those key software areas. So to our patron supporters and to everyone listening, thank you so much for continuing to watch. We will be on uh, next week, maybe. We're, we're, we're feeling that out. we got to see how much news we really have. I know Blaze will be traveling. I would love to be traveling, personally. <laughs> Alex never leaves his room. He was he was literally making his bed prior to the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> he did it in the weirdest way. If only you guys could see. But um, we're going to hop on our after show, and we're going to talk a little bit about Torsten Hines, and I will leave it at that. <laughs> Alex grew up yesterday. He became a year older. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He's a man, uh, buddy. He's, fi <laughs> he's finally 18, guys, so he's a legal adult now. No, just kidding. Alex, how old did you turn? Um, I turned 24, and speaking of that, I just did the ShareCare app, and you can get, like, a real age by answering a bunch of questions and stuff, and it says that I am 24.7 years old, so I'm very close to my actual age. <laughs> That's interesting. No, I, I don't this, know. I mean, There's some photos on, on Facebook that would, you know, tear that ranking down. I saw, you, I saw you in a shaving cream bra. I'm just saying. Uh, that's, that's such an old picture, man. That was for uh, uh, a contest. Well, not get, a off, contest. get off the kid's Facebook. <laughs> I was going to post it to Twitter, but I was like, no, nah, that's mean. That's like super hardcore mean. So uh, that's, something I, that's something I would do for sure. <laughs> Happy birthday. Wow. I hate you. No. I'm glad you did have no, a good birthday, it, Alex. And, uh, you know, Alex is the kind of guy who on his birthday works. He's he's a he's he's he never stops and you know he's here on the podcast and he will continue to to keep kicking butt and taking names as he grows his business. So you know if you have any web design needs, hit up Alex online marketing SEO. Alex is your guy. That's that's who I'm using right now. For sure. <laughs> he is the only reason Barry Flow is uh, still <laughs> not on GoDaddy or whoever we were on before. Yeah. HostGator. Oh, anyway, gentlemen, we'll hop on our, our short after show. We'll laugh about Torsten Hines a little bit, and uh, we'll get on with our lives. Everyone who has been watching and, and continuing to support, we will see you guys in a future episode. Take care. This has been Upstream number 89. Peace. Later. Later.